This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, Cam. Yes, Alex. Is is your daughter old enough to, to really appreciate Christmas yet? <sighs> Kind of. So so she just turned three a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so she she's becoming aware just because, you know, she has Christmas themed books in her room and she loves all of her books. So she's becoming aware of like the idea of Christmas and like what a Christmas tree is, because she's already asked us about, you know, a Christmas tree and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think this is going to really be the first year where last year was pretty cool. But like this is going to be the first year where she really grabs the concept of it all. Nice, nice. Have, have, yeah. Have you picked out like what your what your your big thing for her is going to be? Yeah, actually, I think so. I, uh, in fact, funny you asked that. We were just looking today. Uh, I think we're going to do her first uh, her first big girl bike with training wheels. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, that's yeah, going to be going to be a blast. That is pretty cool, but I I do have uh, a suggestion to make for you. Uh, okay. Just in case you you want to reconsider. Okay. Um, I think I think you should get her a refrigerator, and just just wait until Christmas morning and watch how her face lights up. We're definitely doing a Christmas episode now, Alex. Damn it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast with your hosts, Riley's Rakes and the Big Chop Man. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. How you doing today, Cam? What? Shaking bacon. Uh, not too much, not too much. Uh, what, what are you drinking this evening? Uh, on this fine Sunday evening, I am drinking an ice-cold glass of Country Time Lemonade. Swig of oh. lemonade for the working man. What about you? Very nice. Very nice. Um, I, I, There's a, a, a little story behind the drink that I have here. Um, Do tell. But I have a 24-ounce uh, can of Yingling Lager in front okay. of me. Okay. Uh, that oh, I boy. Paid, that I paid $15 for. Good Lord. Okay. <laughs> um may i ask why yes you may so uh so this past tuesday my my wife 
snagged some uh, some free tickets to uh, to the 311 concert. Uh, box. Whoa! Everyone's the color of their energy. The one song of theirs that I don't like, Cam. Seriously, seriously. Probably uh, the one song of theirs I genuinely know. <laughs> fair enough. But anyway, so so we go and and we're in. Uh, we have our own box and everything. It was first time I'd been to a concert where where we were sitting in a section like that. It and was what really was in the box? <laughs> What's in the box? What's in the box? I'm sorry. <laughs> I just. I just blew out every single person's headphone and speaker. You're going to owe some people some speakers after this. Um, no kidding. So anyway, uh, there was this, there was like a button on the table that you could push and a server would come by and bring you drinks or food or whatever you wanted. And so uh, we, you know, at last call, uh, order a last round of drinks and our server brings by uh, my beer and Sets it down, and she's got tons of boxes to attend to, so sets it down, kind of runs off. Um, yeah. When I go to grab it, it is it is uh, room temperature at the lowest. <laughs> but luckily, she made a mistake, which There's I... There's a reason we won the American Revolution. We don't have to deal with this. Yes. Uh, she made a mistake, and I know she's not supposed to have done this, but she handed it to me sealed. She did not open the beer before giving it to me. So uh, when she came back, I'm like, hey, look, this is this is room temperature. Um, could I could I just give it back to you and have you take it off the tab? And she said, oh, they've already closed the beer room, all this. I'm like, all right, whatever. So since it was sealed, I, uh, I slipped it in my pocket and just walked home with it. And so now I'm sitting here with a a $15, 24 ounce can of Yingling in front of me. Yes, yes. But oldest, before we get oldest, brewery, to, oldest brewery in America, by God, absolutely Pottsville, Pennsylvania. That's uh, it. Uh, but before we get too far into it, I uh, always have to remind you that Chatting Average is brought to you by Sports Drink Media. Uh, Sports Drink is uh, is an awesome group that puts together all of the best podcasts in the world, uh, like our friends Doc and Dylan at the Platinum Sombrero Podcast, who you can hear every Thursday night on Spotify Green Room, which is a live. Hey audio-only sports talk platform that you can download for free in the iTunes or Google Play Store. It's basically like a live podcast that you can actually participate in. Uh, really cool. If uh, if you had joined us for the live call of the, of the Braves-Giants game that we did last weekend, uh, then you already know all about it. And uh, if you didn't, then download it, figure it out, and be ready for the next time that Cam and I do one of those. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, speaking of paying for beer, I had a cool experience yesterday. <laughs> All right. So, segue. yeah, yeah. So, I get a call, uh, get a call from one of my buddies. Uh, that I, actually, he's he's a, he's a cousin. So, um, lives nearby. He calls me, and we both We're have from rural si- North Carolina. Everyone's a cousin. Fair enough. So he calls me. Um, we both have similar tastes in beer, and he's like, "Hey, um, I'm at the Dollar General. Uh, there's a Dollar General just a few miles from our house, right?" Um, he calls me. He's like, "Hey, I'm at Dollar General. You will never believe what they have on sale here." And I'm like, "Oh, do tell." He says, "Well, they have Coors Banquet Yellow Can sitting on the shelf, 12 pack for six dollars." Ooh. And I said, oh, cool. Would you mind grabbing me one? 
And he said, yeah, sure thing. I grabbed all of them they had on the shelves. <laughs> Which I think was four or five, four or five cases. So he gave me one of them. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's it's always fun whenever you run into stuff like that. Like, not necessarily beer, but like you go to the store and you're like, wait a second. This is a darn good deal. <laughs> Well, I'll uh, I'll have some good ones coming up in the uh, in the following weeks. Uh, my my wife had some friends over yesterday, and they had gone out and just you know how you can go to some stores and sort of piece together your own six pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they just went and got the the weirdest beers that they could find. Okay. Um. So in the in the coming we, weeks, uh, like we weird as in how like odd flavors or odd brutal like well, yes. how, how are we talking here? All of the above. Okay. Uh, okay. So. Scott for Scott's here. You ever want to grow new grass faster? Kind of like when you press the two times playback button on your podcast so you can speed through episodes. Except it's Scott's turf builder, rapid grass. You're speeding your way from a thin and damaged lawn to a thicker, stronger one in just weeks. Bit too fast, maybe slow it down. Okay. Let's just go back to normal speed. Get a bag of Scott's turf builder, rapid grass today. It grows grass two times faster than seed alone when applied at the new lawn rate, subject to proper care. Feed your lawn. Feed it. Oh, so in the coming weeks, uh, pay attention for what we're drinking that night, because I will have uh, I will have some that you guys will probably never have heard of, and I will certainly never have had. So uh, look forward to giving you some reviews on those. Hey, here, here's a here's a fun idea too, just to get you, the listeners, involved. Throw us out some suggestions for some for some stuff for us to look out for to have on the show to drink. Whether it's you know beer or you know Alex and I enjoy a enjoy a good brown liquor every now and then. Hell, I'll even drink some wine from time to time. Have we drank wine on the show yet? I don't know if I have. I I may have. So we're you know, I've I had feel ciders, like I've had beers, I've had yeah. liquor. I feel like that might be the one thing I haven't done yet on the show. I feel like we're entering what I call wine season though. So I'm not I'm not very big on white wine. I'm, I much more prefer red wine, specifically either Merlot or Cab, but I don't ever feel like drinking that during the summer. So that's usually like a fall and winter kind of drink for me. Mm-hmm. And with the weather, with the weather finally cooling off, we are certainly entering wine season here at the Matthews house. So see, I like a, I like a red with like with a meal. Uh, okay. I have to have something that goes with the red. If I'm if I'm just kind of, you know, lounging and, and having a glass of wine. I, I actually I do go white. Um, so so my 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 issue with with white is that I feel like it, I haven't found one that I like enough that isn't like overly floral tasting, if that makes sense. OK, like I, I feel like every every white wine that I try is either not dry enough or tastes like a bouquet of flowers, which I just I don't I don't dig. See, I don't go super, super dry on my whites. Um, like, this is going to sound odd if any of you don't drink wine, um, but a very common word used to describe uh, certain types of white wines would be uh, would be buttery, which is the antithesis of dry. Um, okay. And those are typically the, the white wines that I go for. Okay. So I'm not looking for floral. Like I still want, you know, maybe like a, a little bit of a green apple bite in it or something. I got gotcha. you. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, uh, it's not like, 
you know, uh, a cab where, where like you almost have to have a glass of water after you drink a glass of cab. Nonsense. You just have another glass of wine. <laughs> and then you wake up in the morning uh, feeling as though you've been stranded in the Sahara for the last month. I'll be honest with you. Like I, I've never had like a bad like morning after drinking wine. I just, I haven't. It, really? It's, it's yeah, it, it's really it, which I mean, the probably the most I've ever drank in a night is is a, just a single bottle. So it's not I, I, okay. I'm gonna preface it. It's not a lot, even though that's kind of a lot. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I've never had never had an issue with it. What is your what is your go to brand of wine that like not hey we're having a very nice meal. I'm trying to do something like. I feel like having I feel like having some wine tonight. Let me stop by the store and grab a bottle of X real quick for us to have. Okay, so there's there's a wine that that I, I find in in most of my local Kroger and public stores. Um, that's uh, around around fifteen to eighteen dollars a bottle, I think. Yeah. Uh, and it and it's called Butter Chardonnay. Okay. Uh, so they just went all in on. <laughs> on on naming the wine uh you, you know the uh, a characteristic of the wine interesting um, okay but yeah re- really good stuff uh i think it's the same company they make a uh they make one that's called uh jam jar pinot noir um that's supposed to be like like heavy oh man that's like my favorite that's like my favorite primus song which one's that Jam Jar Pinot Noir. You can't tell me that doesn't sound like a Primus song. It does sound like a Primus song. <laughs> I, see, I was... I, what happened Jam when you said Jar that? Jam Jar Pinot Noir. <laughs> I hope you guys know what uh, what Primus is. Uh, <laughs> oh, but, man, uh, if you're not, you are not living your life right. Uh, <laughs> but yes, that does... I was when you said that I was I was like scrolling in my mind through their catalog of songs like how did I miss that one like <laughs> that, that that's how believable that joke was was that before or after Jerry was a race car driver like drove so goddamn fast my name is Mutt. Okay. No, but um, no, no, we are, we are. We're gonna have one person reply to us and be like, "I saw right, I saw Primus at Woodstock '96. It was great." <laughs> We're gonna be like, "Hell yeah!" I've only seen them once, but it was at uh, it was at this the uh, the festival that Sweetwater Brewery pu- puts on uh every April in Centennial Park, and it was unbelievable. Let's clean yeah, I, I, I God remember, on the base. I was gonna say I, I remember you telling me about that, and I believe your exact words were you had your face melted. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it was every every time they put this uh this festival on, inevitably, every single time, it rains like hell. Yeah. And and I I kid you not, uh during the Primus show. There was this guy who was spun out on God knows what in front of me, um, making snow angels in the mud pit. His name was Mud. His name was absolutely Mud. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so this is a Primus podcast now. Yes, it is. Uh, Les Claypool, please come on the show. 
Um, so oh, I'm going to make a hard cut here to something you had mentioned that you wanted to talk about. Oh um, yeah. So so you had you had been uh, you you had made reference to the fact that you enjoy candy corn on Twitter. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, which and, of, of course is uh, is one of the more uh, contentious issues that you can bring up on that platform. Yeah, um, you're you're disgusting, and you should be reprimanded for it. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Okay. Um, not only did I inquire as to whether there was anyone who wanted to replace you as the co-host on this show, um, but you had an interesting reply from someone else, isn't that right? Yeah, I did. So, uh, you know. That that tweet, of course, you know, got some fun interaction on it because, again, people feel strongly about whether they do or do not like I believe, candy corn. Uh, as the kids say, you got ratioed. Ah, uh, yeah, kind of. So, <laughs> so Saturday afternoon, um, I had I had taken some trash off to the dump. I walked back in the house. My phone goes off. I look down, and somebody else had replied to that candy corn tweet. And I noticed it was not a name that I recognized. Like, it was not a name of someone that I had interacted with. But, you know, it, it was a fun little comment. I, I liked it, replied to it real quick. And I thought, who is that? So I, I click on their profile, and I see that I, at first I see that they don't follow me, and of course I don't follow them. But then I notice that this person has like over 14,000 followers. And I'm like, huh, okay, this must be a kind of a kind of a noticeable person. And then I noticed that. Her name is Shelly, and she's standing in a picture with she's standing with somebody in her in her profile picture. So I click on it real quick and I realize she's standing with Urban Meyer. That's that's odd. I click away and then I see her bio and I realize it talks about enjoying Jacksonville. And then I realize that her Twitter name is Shelly Red X. E-Y-E-R, like she got rid of the M. Well, what kind of person would get rid of the It was Urban Meyer's wife. <laughs> and, of course, she got rid of the M because he had previously coached at Ohio State, and they and eliminated they all the M's when they play Michigan. Yeah, so um, kind of had a brief moment of how in the hell did Urban Meyer's wife find my tweet about candy corn, of all things? And I just had a brief little conversation with her. Wait, it was I, it was, was very was there, odd. There was a conversation. I missed the conversation. Well, there was like I mean, I replied to her. She liked it. But then there was several other people replying to her and they're still replying to her. It's weird. Oh, my God. Um, and they're and they're all like Ohio State fans, which makes it even, you know, more odd. But yeah, very uh, it the probably the most random person that you could think of to Urban reply. Urban Meyer's wife. Urban Meyer's wife. That's that's very interesting. Now, um, Alex, sir, I took I took this tweet and I sent it to you, Donahue, and Donna in a text to make you aware of what was going on. Alex, <laughs> please, if you would, tell the people what you considered sending to Urban Meyer's wife. Okay, so I wasn't I I I, I ran it by the group. Uh, because I knew it was going to be a little touchy. So for those of you who might not have fi have followed Urban Meyer's career, uh, he has retired on multiple occasions, citing heart issues. Um, now these heart issues seemingly always pop up at very convenient times for Urban. 
yeah. such as when he's about to get in uh, in a boatload of trouble and has to leave town real quick. So uh, so they're kind of suspect. Uh, right. So right. My, my reply was going to be, uh, watch out, Shelly. I hear that candy corn causes heart issues. I didn't send it. I didn't send it. Let the record show it was not sent. Let the record show that we also all approve that you send it. <laughs> I was also at work, so uh, so I didn't see that until like four hours later, and uh, that ship had sailed. Yeah. Well, you know. So yeah, that was my uh, that was my random Twitter interaction of the week. That's that's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, um, very fun. I feel like we could make random Twitter interaction of the week like a recurring segment on this show. Twitter interaction of the week. Yep. Oh my god. Good that's lord, the, Cam. That's the uh, <laughs> that is the segment intro song. I Look, you can sing better than that. You sing every week. Yeah, yeah. I was I was singing like the Beatles do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a spicy take. Next segment. Next. <laughs> segment it's called this week in baseball history what do you say we get to it cam let's do it all right we are gonna jump into this week in baseball history as always you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com and the week we're going to be looking at is september 27th through october 3rd our first fact comes to us from september 27th 1931 Nick Altrick becomes the first player to appear in major league in major league games in five different decades. The 54-year-old former left-hander accomplishes the feat as a pinch hitter when he walks and then is promptly picked off at first base in the Senators' 4-2 loss to Boston at Griffith Stadium. <laughs> five decades. That's that's amazing. Well, that's like that's like when you hear, you know, Tim Duncan played in four decades of the NBA. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like stuff like that's really cool. I, I'd be more interested to go back and actually see what years. I don't remember anyone in my lifetime in any sport doing more than four. I think Tim Duncan and Jamie Moyer and maybe a couple other baseball players did four in my lifetime. But I don't think I've ever right. heard five. Yeah, five is five is bananas. And of course, he's 54 years old and gets picked off at first. <laughs> the old uh, old reflexes might have failed him on that one. There was uh, there was one that happened uh, that happened the other night when they were completing the uh, the Braves Padres game that uh, that happened back in uh, I think it was July. Mm-hmm. Um, so Adam Duvall and I don't remember who, but someone playing for the Padres faced each other that same day that the game was started with different teams. And so in in the record books, it's going to go down as Adam Duvall and whoever the other player was faced each other on the same day for each for two different teams. Baseball. Yeah. 
I, I will go back to the fact that, you know, it, one of the cooler facts that you're ever going to be able to throw out there is that Juan Soto hit his first home run in a game that he was not in the major leagues for when it started. Right. He hit his first home run before he ever got called up. It was amazing. <laughs> it is incredible. Like, that's that's going to be one of those, like, asterisk situations, you know, years from now that we look back at and go, oh, yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Cool stuff. All right. Our next fact it comes to us from September 29th. 1996. Although he is four shy of the necessary 502 plate appearance requirement, Tony Gwynn hitting 353 is given the National League's batting crown using the Ofer Clause, which has been in the rulebook for 30 years but never invoked. The addition of four mythical hitless at bats would leave the Padres outfielder with a 349 average, still five points better than the runner up Ellis Burks of, of the Rockies. Um, look, Cam, I heard every word you said there, Yes, but I have no idea what you just said. I'm so confused. What is this Ofer rule and how did it add four at bats that never happened? That is a, uh, a good, good point. And I'm not sure. Oh, come on. <laughs> All right. So. I didn't think that you would ask that question, so I didn't it's, look it up. What other question would I ask? Okay, I'll I'll report back on this next week. Just, okay. Just remind me. I don't even I, know I, how to spell Ofer when I'm searching it on Google. <laughs> so I searched it the way that National Pastime has it listed, and it came up with no results. <laughs> uh, Yankees pinch runner just got uh, caught stealing <laughs> Oops! Yeah, we're watching a fun one right now, folks. Oh, guys, this Yankees-Red Sox game is is amazing. It's Sunday Night Baseball. It's the only game on. Why uh, did you go t- in standing, you doofus? I know. They're tied for first place. Uh, well, they're tied for uh, for first in the wild card standings. Um, and my goodness, this, this game has been a doozy. Uh, the, the Yankees coughed up the lead by uh, just dropping a... A, a can of corn in the outfield uh, after and now, dropping a can of corn foul ball like three pitches earlier yes that would have been the third out in the inning and now their uh their pinch runner gets uh gets caught stealing thrown out at second oops after not sliding into the bag tying run just got walked though so tying run aboard this will be a fun one all right our next fact hey speaking of the yankees our next fact comes to us from October 1st, 1961, so 60 years ago this week. Roger Maris surpasses Babe Ruth's single-season home run mark, hitting his 61st homer off of Tracy Stallard's 2-0 fastball for the game's only run in the Yankees' one-to-nothing victory at the Bronx ballpark. Sal Durante, a 19-year-old fan who caught the ball in his palm, standing in his seat in Section 33, gives the historic horse hide to the outfielder a few weeks later after accepting $5,000 from Sam Gordon, a restaurant owner in Sacramento, California. Um, what year did you say this was? This was 1961. I mean, 1961, he got five grand. I, I'd accept five grand for that today. Yes. So let's go to our trusty inflation calculator and find out I'm going to guess 32,000. That's probably not a bad guess, actually. 
That would be the same as a little over 45 grand in today's Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you damn right I'd take $5,000 for it. Yep. <laughs> I, I, well, that's what I'm saying. I, in, in, in the year of our Lord 2021, I would still take $5,000 for it. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Absolutely. All right. And our final fact this week comes to us from October 3rd, 1976. Appearing as the designated hitter, Brewer Hank Aaron gets an infield single off of Tiger hurler Dave Roberts in his last major league at bat. Except for Minnie Minoso's appearance in three games with the White Sox as a 50-year-old in 1980, Hammerin' Hank becomes the last major leaguer to have played in the Negro Leagues. Huh. So there you go. Hank Aaron's last infield or last base hit in his last major league at bat in 1976. The hammer was just a, a never ending encyclopedia of of, of cool stats. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, he is he is the cl- like he is he's a mythical figure in the game of baseball. Like as much as we like to look at, you know, a guy like Babe Ruth as as kind of this larger than life figure which he absolutely was don't get me wrong hank aaron has just as many if not more like cooler quips and stories to go along with his career that are just incredible hey i i I really like cool quips and stories do do you know anywhere i could i could hear some of those boy do i alex let me tell you you and i we we both like talking baseball, you know? Of course. We like we like, you know, chewing the fat, talking about our national pastime. Well, by golly, if you ever ever want to get involved in that <laughs> with Alex and I, or even Doc and Dylan over the Platinum Sombrero, you, my fine friend, need to download Spotify Green Room. Because by God, Spotify Green Room is your way to have full access to conversations with your favorite podcast hosts, uh, fans of fans of other teams that you also follow. It's just a great way to get involved with like-minded people, hang out and chat for a little while. Spotify Green Room. Be sure to check it out. You can download it on iOS and Android devices for free. All you have to do is sign up with an email and password, or you can even hit the little simple button of signing up with your Twitter account or even your Facebook account. They make it super easy, super easy app to use, and really fun to use as well. So check it out, Spotify Green Room. All right, guys. Well, uh, we're getting close to the end of the season here, uh, so these recaps are going to get a little bit more exciting. We will be right back to talk about the last week for the Braves and see what's ahead in the final week of the regular season. All right, if you're like me, your sleep schedule is jacked up right now. Uh, and if that's the I case, am not like you. If that's the case, it's probably because the Braves have been on the West Coast all week. Uh, and we've been treated to uh, a slew of 10:10 or 9:40, or even in one case, 11:30 p.m. start times. <laughs> oh boy. Um, and I'd be lying if I said I didn't stay up and watch that game and regret it like hell the next day. 
but anyway, uh, the week started uh, in Arizona uh, following our trip to San Francisco. Uh, Braves got this leg of the road trip off to a hot start, uh, winning 11-4. to Waskar Inoa got the start, only made it through four innings, uh, allowed five hits, three earned runs, struck out two. Uh, not his finest outing, still looking to regain his form that, that he had much earlier in the season. Uh, great outing from the bullpen there, uh, only allowing the, the one run over five innings covered. Um, had a huge game from uh, from Austin Riley with, uh, let's see, was it two or was this the three double game? This was a, just a casual uh, two double game for Riley. Trace Dublis. <laughs> on, on, uh, on the Monday game, it was three? It was, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, because one of them didn't have an RBI. Yeah, three doubles yeah. on the day for Austin Riley. Uh, pretty good Getting showing. Getting the steps in. <laughs> uh, so a, so a, a big win coming off of the series loss to, uh, to San Francisco to, to make it two and two for the road trip so far. Uh, come back the next day and do it again, winning six to one. Drew Smiley gets the win, covering three and a third innings, only allowing one earned run and striking out four. Uh, had a big home run in the first inning from Riley to start the game off right. Uh, had uh, had shots from Ozzy Albies and Jorge Soler as well. And in the ninth inning, got an RBI single from the uh, from the slumping Dansby Swanson, which was nothing if not encouraging to see. Uh, so six to one win takes you to three and two on the road trip. Come back the next day, and by God, they did it again. Braves win nine to two. Ian Anderson has. Probably his best outing in, uh, in what, a month or two? Uh, covers seven innings, allowing two hits, one earned run, and striking out eight. Just a, a phenomenal outing from him. There he uh, is. Had a, uh, had, a, had a rough outing from Chris Martin. Uh, couldn't get through the inning he was tasked to cover. Luke Jackson comes in and gets him out of trouble. Uh, Sean Newcomb takes the ninth and closes it out. Had another home run from Riley for the second night in a row. That one traveled a hefty 449, uh, as well as Albies, uh, and then a Freeman home run in the ninth inning. Uh, so the uh, the bats have most certainly woken up. The uh, the Arizona road trip has treated them well. Uh, and uh, for those of you keeping score at home, the Braves are now four and two on the road trip. Unfortunately, the fourth game didn't go quite as well. Braves lose six to four. Charlie Morton has a Pretty good outing, going six innings, allowing three earned runs, striking out two, uh, outdueling uh, his opposing starting pitcher in Madison Bumgarner, who you guys may remember went seven no-hit innings against us the last time we saw him. Uh, Riley, third day in a row with a home run. Uh, Braves raced out to a four-to-one lead by the sixth inning before uh, the wheels just kind of fell off there in the seventh. Uh, Jacob Webb, despite not having allowed an earned run since May, fails to record an out. Uh, only gets through the uh, the three batter minimum, uh, allows three earned runs uh, and a big home run, uh, which proved to be the difference in the game. So still took three out of four from Arizona, having a good road trip. From there, we have a rather interesting start to the San Diego Padres series. Uh, because it is a three-game series, and in the record books, it will be shown as a three-game series. Uh, but first, they had to finish up the game that was started on July 21st that they had to suspend in the middle of the fifth inning. Uh, so it's were you, were, it, Was that a game you were at? 
that was a game I was at uh, oh. when, when when Sam was in town from San Diego. He and I went to that one. So, so how was uh, how how was how was San Diego Friday? Because I'm assuming that they flew everyone out that had tickets to Atlanta, right? I I you know they should have. Um, and I'm really disappointed in Sam for not having attended that game because I can't imagine that there are too many people on the face of the earth who have attended one game in separate months on separate coasts. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be pretty neat. He missed and his if there history. are any of those, there probably aren't any that did so with a seven-inning game. So, yeah, because uh, we this, live in Rob Manfred's America. Yes, I hate it here. Uh, so it started out well. Well, the uh, sorry, I should should briefly recap what happened back in July. Um, so get get into the uh, the middle of the fifth inning with the Padres leading five to four. Uh, no, uh, Braves could not add a run in the bottom of the fifth when the game resumed, but in the bottom of the sixth, Adam Duvall comes in and hits a moonshot to tie the game up. Uh, unfortunately. We got to see Will Smith versus Fernando Tatis Jr. to finish the game. Uh, so the Braves lose six to five, predictably. Uh, from there, about half an hour later, we start up a nine inning game, which is the game I referenced that started at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And yes, staying up for this game did ruin my day at work the next day. But by God, I am really glad I did because I got to watch one of the best starts of Max Fried's career. This guy, this guy went a complete game shutout under 100 pitches. That's right. We got to see a Maddox. He only, for the he second time this year. For the second time this year. He scattered three hits through those nine innings. Uh, not an impressive strikeout total. Only struck out four, but by God, he was efficient doing it. It was just ground ball out after ground ball out after ground ball out. Uh, defense did their job all day. Uh, I don't believe the Braves recorded an error in this game. Uh, they did not. Um, but yeah, just just a phenomenal outing from Max Fried against, uh, even though they're slumping, a, a team with really good hitters. Yeah, so uh, full disclosure, didn't see a single second of this game. I called a football game that night. I came home. I ate an egregious amount of leftover spaghetti, and then I fell asleep. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, I, that that's that's exactly what I would do. I also missed his first Maddox because I was actually calling a football game that night. Actually, that was the first game of the season that I was calling that he threw that uh, one. Cam, it's starting to sound like these football games are really getting in the way of you living your life, man. Well, you know, every Friday night <laughs> you, you missed you missed two Maddox. Like you gotta you gotta talk to your boss there. I think I might have mentioned this on the show, but the very like the funniest thing about that first Maddox that he threw is that that baseball game started after my football game started and ended before my football game ended. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So uh, so even though uh, technically uh, the Braves finished a game and then played another one and went one and one. Uh, the record books will show that the Braves won the first game of this series. And going into the second game of the series, uh, we had, oh boy, we had a boat race in this one. It was not the pitching duel that we had seen the night before. Uh, there were runs on runs on runs, and this was a super exciting game. Uh, unfortunately, had another rough outing from Waskar Ainoa. 
Uh, he went four and two thirds, allowing seven hits and seven earned runs. Um, really starting to wonder if 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 he's going to get transitioned to the bullpen or if he's going to be left off of the postseason roster or or what the deal is with him. But he doesn't have a whole lot of time to get it figured out. No, not really. Kind of uh, kind of need him to get this under control. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Well, luckily, the uh, the bullpen came in and uh, and picked him up. Chris Martin did allow one run in relief, uh, but none of the other relievers through 10 innings allowed a single run. Braves give up a grand slam to Manny Machado in the bottom of the fifth to make the score seven to three before coming right back in the top of the sixth uh, and tying the game up at seven. Uh, in the bottom of the sixth, San Diego tacks on another run. Eddie Rosario scores to, uh, scores uh, Austin Riley in the ninth inning to tie it up and send it to extras. And by God, if the Braves didn't hit in the in the top of the tenth inning, scored two runs in in you know prior to this, had had two hits in all of the tenth innings they've played. No one was more shocked by this than I was. <laughs> this was uh, this was incredibly encouraging to see. Uh, yes. Braves win ten to eight. Uh, after probably the best outing I can recall having seen from Will Smith in a Braves uniform, uh, a perfectly clean, just dominant inning to uh, to close out the 10th with the runner on second. Uh, gotta love that. It it certainly felt like one of those games that we absolutely stole. <laughs> yes. Oh, we had, we had no business winning that game. No, no, not at all. In fact, I, I believe I heard on tonight's broadcast, uh, Ben Ingram mentioned that, that the Braves have only won in three games this year in which they have trailed after the eighth inning. Oh boy. That's, that's as, as, as compared to the, well, as, as compared to like the last few seasons, I mean, this is just has not been a, a team where they get that win, you know, <clears throat> that we're so used to seeing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they're, they're, they're a streaky team and they've been, they do a lot of early inning scoring, uh, this year, unfortunately, they haven't been good at late inning scoring, uh, so that that has manifested itself that way. Um, so anyway, again, the record books show the Braves win the first two games of this series, and we are on to the third uh, with a chance to reduce the Braves' magic number to five. That is five. Any combination of five uh, Braves wins and Phillies losses, and the Atlanta Braves will clinch the NL East for 2021 had a, uh, had a very exciting game in this one too. Uh, Braves got out to an early lead going up three to nothing in the fourth inning uh, before allowing three to tie the game in the bottom of the fifth, in the top of the sixth Orlando Arcia doubles to right scoring Jock Peterson, which proved to be the difference in the game. Now the story of this game cannot be told without talking about the bottom of the ninth inning. Because this was quite possibly the most stressful half inning of baseball I've ever watched. Um, Will Smith was pitching, which should tell you most of what you need to know. Um, and he's facing uh, the the best hitters that the San Diego Padres had to offer in uh, in, in Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, and Jake Cronenworth. Uh, just a uh, just a. I wouldn't call the Padres murderers row, but as close as they've got to it. 
So what does Will Smith do but walk the first three batters he sees? Oh my I, goodness! Wait, I I thought I thought he struck Tatis out and then walked the third batter. Oh, did he? Okay, so he so he, he yeah he didn't load the bases until there were one out I and, think. And let's talk about that strikeout of Tatis for just one. <coughs> sure. Uh, were you were you watching this one live? I know I was listening on the radio. How did the radio? How did the the radio announcers see that ball? Um, some uh some interesting facts were alluded to. Oh boy, it was <laughs> uh it it was not it was absolutely not a strikeout. It was low and away, and everybody in the building knew it. Um, we we got handed a strikeout there, which totally bailed us out. Will Smith walks the next batter to load the bases, uh, and then we've got. Who did we have up? We had Tommy Pham up. Uh, Tommy Pham gets struck out again on a very, very questionable strikeout pitch. Um, it was not in any strike zone that I'm aware of. Uh, how did how did the radio announcers react to this one, Cam? There were some uh, some facts that were alluded to. <laughs> I bet I bet uh, I bet old Joe Simpson was having a grand old time at this point. He, uh, he well let let me tell you, Joe Simpson was in premier form in this ninth <laughs> inning. <laughs> oh boy! If Look, you if you have a way to go back and listen to that ninth inning, please do occasionally Joe Simpson gets a little bit tiresome, which I think is why they, they, they pulled him off TV and put him on the radio. Um, but when he's good, he's great. And when he's good, in my opinion, is when he is like raging angry during the game because he, uh, he got very close. He can't help, but let it hang out when he gets mad. I, I'll put it to you this way. <clears throat> when the third walk occurred, he goes on this like 10 second diatribe where he's just like, you know, I tell you, I just, I don't know how you can have a night like you did last night. And then you come out here and you can't find the strike zone tonight. <laughs> <laughs> he was just going off. It was oh, tremendous. Beautiful. Uh, and, and so, so strikeout fam on another questionable strikeout call, uh, it brings Trent Grisham to the plate and, Trent Grisham strikes out swinging. Will Smith escapes it despite allowing three walks to load the bases uh, and getting getting the benefit of two uh, pretty gross strike calls. But hey, we yeah. will take it. The Braves win four to three. The magic number is now five. We have the day off on Monday, and then the Phillies come to town for a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday series. Now... I have made a bold prediction in front of God and the internet saying that the Atlanta Braves will clinch the National League East on September 30th at home against the Phillies on Austin Riley bobblehead night. That, that, that tweet has, I think, close to a thousand likes at this point, which terrifies me, but, oh Jesus, but, it could happen. How could it happen? Braves got to sweep the Phillies. If the Braves sweep the Phillies, my prediction comes true. They clinch the division on September 30th 
and I will be in attendance. And I can't wait. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm going to speak it into existence. Hey, you uh, you going to grab me a bobblehead while you're there? Um, no. So fun fact about that. Okay. <laughs> the, okay. Uh, that, that, that's, that, that, that's fine. That's fine. Go ahead and explain. Uh, there, is a, there is a reason uh, that there won't be any extras. Uh, so um, are, are you familiar with Bama Bobble on Twitter? I am. So uh, out of the blue not long ago, Bama Bobble reached out to me and said that he had found, uh, I want to say it was an old pirate's bobblehead. Um, but for some reason, the, the, the bobblehead was of a Pirates player raking leaves. So he reached out to me and said, hey, go to Austin Riley bobblehead night. Send me, if you get an extra, send it to me. Send me a couple of bucks. I will co customize this into an Austin Riley's rakes bobblehead. <laughs> nice. So that is, that is where... Uh, my Austin Riley bobblehead is going. Uh, I am going to turn it into my own personal bobblehead, and it's going to be fantastic. That is fine. Understandable. Ah, so, as we alluded to, the Braves have three coming up with the Phillies at home that could seal the division for them for the year. And we have some really exciting pitching matchups for these games, guys. For the Tuesday game, we have... Charlie Morton taking the mound up against Zach Wheeler. Wednesday, we have Max Freed against Aaron Nola. And on Thursday, uh, we have Ian Anderson against Kyle Gibson. Uh, I, I mean, this, this, this is both of these teams lining up their rotations to, to throw out the best that they've got for these three games. And it is going to be an absolute war. I cannot wait to see what the atmosphere is like inside of Truist Park this week. You know, we've looked at, at really, ever since the Braves kind of got into first place and kind of stuck there, you know, what, in, in mid-August mid or so, so for about a month now, we've looked at this final week of the season truly as what could be the linchpin and, and who wins the division. And it, Sure enough, it has shaped up to be so. Absolutely. I, I mean, God, we've we've been eyeing these these last two series. I I feel like since May. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. From you know just a pure divisional standpoint, but you know, really, I I look at it as from when we jumped into first place, it became, ooh, when when could the clinch happen? Well, it's. It's coming soon, guys. Uh, God, I really hope it happens on Thursday. <laughs> oh, man, it's going to be fantastic. Whenever it does, can't wait. Uh, but before we sign off for the day. Hey, wait, uh, what about the what about the Mets series? We do have the Mets series. Yeah. Um, look, I, I, I've already jumped into this. It's too late to turn around now. Uh, un unfortunately, unfortunately, there is there's there's some some unfortunate news that that I have to report uh, to to you, our listeners. Oh, uh, and that is uh, that 
The New York Metropolitans have been eliminated from playoff contention, guys. <gasps> but out. <laughs> so wait, wait. You mean to tell me that all of that practice that that went into their 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 World Series celebration for this year is is, is for naught? You mean to tell me that that. Big Daddy Steve and and his fat wallet couldn't couldn't put together a championship team in in Queens in one off season. What? You mean you that? Mean to t- you mean to sit there and tell me that the team that everybody at ESPN and just about every outlet picked to win the NL East has been eliminated? You mean to tell me that offensive juggernaut and on-base master Javi Baez wasn't what sealed the deal for the Mets? You're gonna sit there in your chair with a straight face and tell me that Brandon Nimmo sprinting full speed down to first base on a walk didn't get them into the postseason? Sorry, Joe. Ah, uh, so uh, <laughs> we we get to wrap up the season with a series against these pathetic Mets, uh, and uh, and if we don't clinch against the against the Phillies, we're sure as hell doing it against the Mets. Uh, we have two of the three pitching matchups set. Uh, it's going to be Waskar I know against Carlos Carrasco on Friday, October first. Uh, there are two open slots, well, an open slot slot for each team on October second. And on Sunday, October 1st, to wrap up the regular season, unless for some reason we need to play that game that we missed against the Rockies on October 4th, uh, we'll have Charlie Morton and Marcus Stroman taking the mound to finish it off. It's going to be an exciting week of baseball, guys. This 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 is why we're fans right here. It's I like it. This kind of week is as good as it gets. Uh, and we'll be right back here next week to talk to you all all about it. So for Cam Matthews, my name's Alex. We'll see y'all next week for another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast. Bye! With that, we've reached the end of the show. If you want to connect with the show, you can contact us via text or voicemail at 678-242-9408 or on Twitter at Average Chatting. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash chatting average. We'll see you all next week on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast.